The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Happy Tuesday, everybody. As you heard, Jalen Nye, Andrew Gross off this week in Jamaica, but don't worry, not all, all sunshine and rainbows for them. Jalen Nye still has not located her engagement ring. Not that I wish bad on them uh, for enjoying the sunshine in Jamaica. I want it to be the most incredible trip for them and, and all of the wonderful 630 Chet listeners that are on it. But, you know, there's a little resentment when we're dealing with minus 25 wind chill, which is, I think, what I heard we're going to be expecting overnight. So I do hope that she finds the engagement ring at sitting at reception all along. Okay, I kind of just made an off-the-cuff mention on yesterday's show that I am in support of many of the, the reasons that people are doing these convoys and these protests. We get it. We need to make some noise here for anyone who is laid off, who would otherwise be doing hard work and earning a solid paycheck in Alberta's oil patch. And all I said is, don't do the convoy during rush hours because we are on your team. We want the same things for you. And when the last time around in December, everyone was on board, the imagery was great for Andrew Shear having to walk across the QE2 to get to the staging area, that was great. But then when it kept going and then we were going five, six trucks wide on the Henday, through five o'clock that's when I'm like you're losing your support you're fighting the people who are on your team and then it was announced the rumors became truth yesterday we got some timelines of when we're going to see another convoy they were supposed to be meeting in Lamont around nine o'clock 10 30 we were supposed to spot them on the Anthony Henday taking over the ring road and then heading into Fort Saskatchewan But whether or not it played out that way, that's what we're wondering. We've been looking for updates on Twitter. We've been looking for for video footage, and there hasn't been a whole lot. So naturally, I go to the guy who's always on the biggest story of the day, and that's Tom Vernon, my colleague over at Global Edmonton, the provincial affairs reporter. Hey, Tom. How's it going, Kelsey? Good. Okay, you gotta you gotta catch us up here. Saw a couple pictures. Were you in Lamont this morning, or where did you catch up with the convoy? So we popped out to Lamont. Uh, they had their staging area. So we, we ran out there and, and, and saw the organizers and, and kind of got at the uh, the front end of this thing to see how it was all going to uh, to roll out. And I mean, they had pretty high hopes for, for the amount of people that were going to show up for this. Uh, they, you know, when you speak to the organizers, they said, look, they hope to get 2,000, 2,200 trucks to, to join the convoy. Now, when you look at the Facebook page, there was only 87 people that said that they were going to come. There were another 11 or 1,200, I think, that said they were interested, but... I mean, we've all hosted New Year's Eve parties or whatever, right? When 30 people say they're going to come, yeah, 15 usually show up, right? So uh, they, when they left, there were about 24, 25, somewhere in that range, a couple dozen trucks in the actual convoy. So they said, look, we're going to gain more trucks as we head towards the city and get on the Henday. More trucks will join us. But you're right, it was far below the 2,000 that they were hoping for. But I'm not sure where they got that number from, that expectation from so something I didn't note off the top is that this is a different crew than who we saw come out to that rally. Yes. Well, they actually didn't even want us to use the term rally when we were talking about then the convoy that yep. started in Leduc. That was the truckers for pipelines. This, they were calling it Stand Up Canada Yellow Vest Pipeline Rally. Mm-hmm. Is, do these guys, did they align with the Yellow Vest movement that we're seeing out of France? So... 
boy, it, the, the yellow vest has been kind of lost in translation from France to here in Canada, so I can't speak to how they, they tie into that, but their yellow vest movement, what they say they stand for is obviously, you know, pro-pipeline development, pro-oil and gas. They're very frustrated with uh, how that all has been uh, handled by the federal government. They're anti-carbon tax, so they don't like uh, the fact there's a carbon tax here, but there is an immigration side to, to the movement here as well. They, they do not like the UN uh, migration pact. They say that's going to cost Canada our sovereignty when it comes to um, uh, migration policy. You know, they, they made it clear, and they handed me a, a manifesto here, and they said in their interviews that, look, we're, we're not opposed to uh, immigration. They, they, they would like to see orderly immigration, but they just they worry about the levels that they're hearing. Uh, they say, look, the economy's not that good, and so their fear is uh, immigration is going to create more competition for fewer jobs, and they're, they're worried about that. So there is an immigration side to this, uh, and, and, and um, they, they, they don't deny it. Uh, they don't like being referred to as racist. They don't refer like being referred to as bigots and, and how that they are being portrayed on that front. They say, look, we understand there are some comments on, on their Facebook pages. They don't condone a lot of that. They say, look, they, they, they want immigration, but just not in the way that they see the Trudeau government moving it on. Yeah, the challenge with them using the, the, going by the yellow vest is that it is inherently racist, the messaging that we've heard from elsewhere in the world. So if they stand for, like, stand yeah. for, for proper immigration, that's fine. But when we start hearing about Sharia law, it's hard to say, okay, but that's the other yellow vesters. That's not us. Yeah, and, and I mean, when you, you speak with them, right, and they, they, they say they, they don't believe in that, but then... One of the organizers said, you know, he has concerns like you can't say Merry Christmas anymore, right? They're parroting stuff like that that they hear and you challenge, like, well, you can say Merry Christmas, but they believe that it means something different. And they're worried about, you know, things like Canadian values and then how does, you know, a mass influx of immigrants coming in affect Canadian, the Canadian values and are we able to integrate them into society? So there are concerns around that. Around that. And, and you see that a lot every time that there's a downturn, right? The people that, that lose their jobs and have a hard time finding new work. And, you know, there are concerns. Quite often, we see concerns about immigration come up. So there's, they're not denying they have concerns about immigration, but, but they, they say that they aren't out to try and get all immigrants, and they, they, they aren't opposed to that. They just have concerns um, with, with how it's being handled. And, and honestly, it's, it's a lot of the same talk that we hear coming out of um, the federal conservatives when they talk about this U.N. migration pact and, and the concerns they raise on it. So they're, they're trying to get, at least these organizers, were trying to get closer to that messaging than the, uh, the more, more hardline anti-Sharia law stuff that, that you do hear online. I just wonder, and I took a I took a politics course in university, and a big chunk of it was talking about social uh, movements and what makes them stick mm-hmm. and what makes them resonate. And they said the biggest thing is finding focus, have a really mm-hmm. clear focus. And here it's kind of like, okay, we're talking immigration, we are talking pipelines, uh, we want we're anti carbon tax, and we want new governments. So which, which one are, are we focusing on today? And is this a signal of why the last convoy that was clear, it was truckers for pipelines, yeah. they had over 1,200 trucks line up for that one. This one we saw 35. Yeah, 25 and 25 to 30. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there is some of that in there, I imagine. Um, and, they, look, and they're still moving towards their, their national uh, uh, convoy off to Ottawa, right, from Red Deer to Ottawa. And they say that one, they feel that one's going to be much bigger. They're going to gain vehicles here and in Saskatchewan. They say that one is going strong. But, I mean, it's, we'll see what the numbers say. Um, like I said, they, they put that 2,200 number out there, and they, they really expected that to come because I think they expected a repeat of Leduc Niskew. But when you look at the Facebook page and you look at the, the likes and the number of people that were kind of saying that they were going to come, I, it, it, it was as big, honestly, it was as big as I was expecting it to be.
and and um, I think they were a bit disappointed they didn't see more, and, and maybe they got more once they got to the city. I, I haven't seen their lap around the Hyundai, um, but yeah, it certainly it, it wasn't as big as they were hoping. You could say that. If you could text us at six thirty six thirty, we have literally not heard from a single person that has seen the convoy that has been mm. impacted by the traffic in, in some way and I know that they really did their planning. They really expected that big turnout because they said we're not going to block the, the highways, we're not, we're not going to take over the whole Hyundai, we're going to stick to one lane so traffic can go as normal but it might have just looked like people were travelling up the Hyundai. It might not have looked like a convoy. Well they would have had a police escort, right? Like we could see some flashing lights in it, uh, once they were kind of approaching the Edmonton area we were, we were going the other way to come back to the station. Um, um, but what's interesting is the original plan was for them to go in both directions on the Hyundai, right? Go very slowly and and kind of hold, you know do it that way. But I, I wonder if they had a conversation with uh, you know the police escort and that, and they might have told them like, look, we don't do that. We don't want to block traffic. And so when speaking to the organizers, they were sensitive to that, right? They said that they don't want to hold people up. They were telling people, look. If you don't want to avoid the handout, you don't have to go to it, and we're going to keep that lane clear. So they were, obviously, they were very aware of kind of the, the backlash that happened after the last one, right? So they, they did speak about that. So it, it was really interesting hearing them speak about that and how the plan changed, really from what you saw was posted on Facebook to what actually uh, came out this morning. Totally mixed responses that we're getting mm-hmm. on the text line of people saying, I'm all for the convoys. They're sending a message. We need to send a message. Others uh, saying, if you want to make a point, stop blocking people in your own city that support you. Go block the roads between BC and, and Alberta, or in the case that they're going to Ottawa. I think the visuals, if the truckers for pipelines were on board with this, and they would have gone to Ottawa, and I get for the cost reasons, and what are they doing for emissions and all of that, I get why they couldn't pull it off. But yeah. if you saw 2,000-plus trucks going to Ottawa, that sends a message. So I'm thinking on the flip side, maybe convoy after convoy actually is doing what Every elected member always tells us, if you have a problem with something, make some noise. Let them know Mm -hmm. they have a problem. So maybe in some cases we have over a 1,000 trucks show up. Maybe we have three people. But at least by making noise and not letting it die off, it'll eventually send the message to the Liberals that we expect action and we expect it right now. Yeah, and I mean, and on the size thing, I guess I should also, you know, what I was thinking was all the other ones are being held kind of around Christmas, right? Kids are out of school. There's a lot of the oil field was shut down. I mean, I, I did a story at the end of the year where there were, you know, there weren't that many rigs working across the country, let alone in Alberta. Well, the rig count is back up to over 200 in, in the country, which, you know, in, in historical sense still isn't a lot, but it's, it is a lot more than we're at Christmas. So, you know, the kids are back to school. So yeah, I bet you a lot of these people are back to work or, or, or that sort of stuff, right? So that might have impacted numbers as well. Um, they still, you know, they still want to get their point across, and they, they do feel that the the national one is going to be big, but there's no there's no doubt that they were hoping for bigger numbers today. Certainly. Okay, what are you working on uh, for 6 o'clock tonight? Now, now I've been moved over. There was the uh, the upgrader announcement, the letter of intent that uh, Premier Notley announced out of Calgary this morning, uh, a letter of intent to build another upgrading facility in the industrial heartland. So we'll be, uh, I'll be diving into that and seeing exactly what that's all about. Reason, uh, as, as we're saying that we need more for the energy, energy mm-hmm. industry here, this is probably a really well-timed announcement for the NDP. Yeah, uh, what, we'll take a look at what it is. I mean, I was reading responses from the opposition parties. They, Well, I mean, their opposition parties like to say, well, there isn't a whole lot here. But, uh, you know, the, this is a big re-election plan for the NDP, right, to diversify the energy sector so we're not so reliant on just... Uh, shipping, you know, raw product out. They want to see more upgrading done here. So 
we'll see. I mean, the, that interpipeline facility is going. They're, they're trying really hard to get other projects on board with their royalty rebate programs um, through their PDP plan, I think they call it, Petrochemical Diversification Plan. Um, it's a big plank for them, so they're hoping that this catches, uh, you know, catches the, the eyes, the minds, and the hearts of Albertans as they look to form a second term. Excellent. Thanks. We'll catch it tonight at 6 o'clock. Thanks, Kelsey. That's Tom Vernon. He is the provincial affairs reporter for Global Edmonton. Yeah, big announcement from the the Notley government today uh, to the tune of a couple billion dollars trying to make sure that we're refining uh, refining some of our own stuff here in our province, which is exactly what our oil industry has been calling for. We'll see what happens with that. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.